Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the God, Guns, and Family podcast. We really appreciate you listening. Um, if you could do us a huge favor and leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is you're listening to us on, and please share this with someone who you think will benefit from hearing this. Um, we're not perfect. We're just trying to share the message um, and uh, bring as many people to the Lord as possible. So this episode, we're talking about fulfillment and what it means. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Recording is in progress. It's, it's progressing right now. Currently. So I had to wipe my hands off because I use that sweetener, that monk fruit sweetener. Oh yeah. Got everywhere. And like when I put my hands in there, it like looks like I just did a bump. <laughs> <laughs> Got the white that white pow pow, dude. It's like all over there. So yeah. So a nice way to start this podcast. Friggin' friggin' geez, bro. Um everyone. Thank you. Got thank you for got them turning, keys. Turning, thank you for turning in. To the Turning in God Guns and Family podcast. You know? That's it. Oh, no, fancy cup, dude. Fancy. I put the milk in it and it gets cold. Oh, see, if I'm going hot so coffee, good. I got to get hot coffee, bro. If I get iced coffee, might as well throw some ice cubes in there, bro. So, gravy, baby. Yeah. Dude, you got you yeah. had a good topic, bro. I'm excited for this topic we're talking about. Bro. I know I didn't even remember what I said. I don't remember uh-huh. what the exact I pull that. terminology is. Oh, fulfilling life what is it and what should it be as a father husband etc yeah so yeah so today um fulfillment like what i was going to like look up stuff but you could probably figure it out as we're going because you know more than likely where certain things are when we're talking about like um verses and whatnot let me turn this light off because it's like hella bright up in my up in my grizzle. Up in the grill, bro. Ooh, I feel like I'm at the dentist, dude. I'm like, <laughs> you know, dude, um, yeah. so whoa, um, I just did something. Yeah. So um, so we'll get we'll get to that one in a second. But we just wanted to like touch base, see how you're yeah. doing. Um, we kind of talked a little bit before we started recording, so we don't have to talk about anything specific anymore. Yeah. So just you know, getting caught up since the last time y'all tuned in, it was uh. I was getting ready to go see my dad, my pops, but he's been, uh, he's passed away and went to be with Jesus. So we're going to go do some, uh, some stuffs here in, uh, like Nashville, Fed Bull, Petersburg area, uh, next Tuesday. So on the eighth, we'll take off. We're going to drive 24 hours, you know, at least we have more time now. So we're not going to cram like 24 hours there, day and a half there, 24 hours back. I'll be there till like the 16th, 15th or whatever. So we get to uh, go do my dad's services, help out there wherever we can, and then uh, work our way back to the good old Arizona. So are you going to go straight back? Are you going to stop and see any places on the way or? So uh, not on the way. There's going to be the way there's going to be direct, direct. So we're going to head like just Amanda and I are going to alternate every four hours. 
because it's going to cost like 200 extra bucks to put my brother on as a, an additional driver. So we'll alternate every four hours or so to get, uh, to get out there. And then on the way back, if we want to stop, we can, we don't really have like a deadline. We just know we'll leave there the 15th and then however long it takes to You're just going to take the 40 the whole way. Probably. Yep. Get up. So from here, we'll go up North out you know, outside of flag probably. And then the 40 on over. Go that way east out of Flagstaff, so we're gonna leave like like relatively early on the on the eighth. So probably like you know yeah, nine ish if I can get my brother up on time. Mm. So that's gonna be fun. Traffic subside then. <clears throat> yeah, so kind of kind of miss it, and then uh, we will. Just drive through the night. We'll get there sometime in the afternoon because we gained two hours going out there. So, mm-hmm. so it'll be twenty four we'll hours straight. Yeah, we lose. Yeah, so we lose two hours. So it's two hours later over there by the time we get out there. So, well, we'll be on the same it's, time zone because I'll be in uh, Minneapolis on the twelfth. Oh, will you? You're yeah. Just going out there for work or what? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm flying to Minneapolis and then I drive down to uh, Rochester. Oh, okay. Which is like two hours, I think, from Minneapolis. Yeah. Did you ever figure out like San Bernardino when when were you doing all that? I'm gonna have to. Uh, that's gonna be in the like the sixth of September. But I'm gonna have. I'm gonna end up flying into Vegas probably, and then go from Vegas over. Yeah, because it's in Barstow, so Ugh. it's just yeah. And there's Barstow's like no like, hotels near there. So dude, no, there's like nothing in Barstow, bro. Yeah, so it's <gasps> lame. There's a army yeah. base. I mean, so, this, that's why it's there. Yeah. What do you do when you go out there in the army bases? You just tell about your work and whatnot. Yeah. Make it available to him. Do you have to like set up a tent and everything like a little pop-up or whatever, a little table, just a table, but it's inside. Hey, there you go. You're not sweating. No, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. If that were the case, <laughs> I like, you're gonna have to send somebody else, bro. Sorry. No, mad respect. <laughs> It'll probably still be pretty hot too, so early September. Yeah. Ew-y. I mean, dude, we, we finally just dropped under 115 like today. It's been the longest stretch of 115 at or above 115 That's in gross. like the history, like recorded history or something crazy. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Now, the longer I'm here, the more I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, um, so the topic of what we're going to try to talk about today is, let me shut my dough. Um, and I figured that we could just have a pretty decent conversation about it. Um, I got a question from a homie the other day, um, asking about like, you know, do I ever think that, you know, there should be more in life, like you're meant for more. So what would you say? Like, I'm sure there've been instances where you're like, well, I'm not meant to do this. Yeah. Like when you were back in the day doing yeah, that dude, stuff. Dude. Yeah. For me, it was, uh, definitely like, when I was in the middle of my addiction, it was, it was a weird, I was like, not like most where people were, were you, I mean, I'm sure on some level I was using to escape, but like 
to me, I was using it because like life wasn't enough. Like I didn't mm-hmm. want the white picket fence, the college education, the house, the car, the dog, like none of that. I didn't want the white, the kid, none of it. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like if this is what everyone's like in this rat race for, I don't want any part of this rat race. So I'm, I'm going to check out when I want to check out and I'm going to, you know, live fast, die young. And I was totally cool with dying before I was 21. Like that was just part of the mentality. So, but really like as the addiction went on, there really was this, this understanding of like, there has to be more to this life. Like what the heck are we even here for? And, you know, you in the, like the world's eye, like, you know, these dudes that were, you know, doing things like making a difference, like, you know, I mean, even back then, like humanitarian efforts, I was like, really like, that was cool. I was dope with that. Like, oh, you're going to put wells in. So people have clean water, like, cool. Like that makes sense. Like you make good of the time you're on this sphere floating in space. Um, but it was interesting. So the first time I felt the Holy spirit after I got clean and I mm-hmm. just felt like overwhelmed with like, you know, just how you like get the tingles of the Holy spirit. Like you just feel like the Holy spirit fall on you. And you're just like, it's an like this, like unexplainable feeling where this, everything's at peace. And, you know, it was like in that moment, instantaneously, I knew like, that's what I was created for was to get to know this God that created me. Um, and it was like everything that I was searching for fulfillment wise, um, was fulfilled in that moment with him. Like it was every drug I ever did was to recreate the feeling of, you know, encountering God, like that, that, that release of, you know, dopamine and like, whatever, like that encounter with the Holy spirit, that, that authentic realness is what I was looking for. I had done everything under the sun short of like shooting heroin and doing a rock star line of cocaine. Like everything else was all fair game, you know, like, Oh, you know, I used to be like real hippie. Like I'm not going to do anything that doesn't come out of the earth because mother earth is, you know, that is okay. I don't want anything synthetic. And then it was, as soon as I tried ecstasy for the first time was like, ah, screw that dude. This feeling is sweet. I want this feeling. And then it was like, Oh, then there's this and this and this and this. And I was trying to search for this, this something there's something that was missing in my life and as soon as i encountered jesus like it wasn't like i encountered church it wasn't i encountered organized religion it was like as soon as i met the person of jesus like it all made sense um but i still struggle a lot of the times thinking of like well what the heck am i doing here like what okay god saved me from drug addiction and overdoses like what am i doing with this life that i have here this this vapor um I still struggle with that sometimes, like trying to figure out like, you know, worth and purpose and, um, you know, to your friend, like life, there is more to life. It isn't the things you do. It isn't the things you're pursuing, the career, the house, like, you know, a a lot of times as a guy, we derive our, our worth and wealth, like our worth from our wealth and our career and what we're doing and the house we have, the car we drive, the boat we own, whatever. Yeah. Um, The size of your bank account. All of that. But dude, Mm -hmm. guess what? If you were to keel over tomorrow, what's going with you? Nothing. They're not putting any of that. That ties back into like um the what we talked about the other day, um, uh when I was in Vegas, the legacy. Yes, legacy for sure. It's those nothing monetarily 
like we spend so much effort and time and energy storing up things that moth and rust destroy that are, you know, thrown into a fire and they're burnt up where the most fulfilled people that I have ever met are people who are sold out to their purpose in Christ. Some are pastors, some are evangelists, some are just dudes out on the street feeding homeless dudes that need a meal. Dude, come on in. Let me, what do you need? A tent? Uh, You need sleeping bag? You need, oh, some food, bro? Come on. Let me, let's go down to Walmart. I'm going to get you a tent. I'm going to get you, uh, you know, I'm going to get you some, uh, something to put all your stuff in. I'm going to feed you. And then wherever you want to go, man, I'll drop you off. Those dudes that are sewing that kind of stuff are the most fulfilled people I've ever met. You know, there's this one dude, for instance, that he was a retired pastor, minister, I mean, ministered the gospel to thousands of people over his career, but he got the most fulfillment out of sitting at the food bank where these need, these people that were in need were coming in at, you know, getting food. And he, dude, he just got to pray with these people. And dude, he was so fulfilled. He's like 95 years old. He, his back was perpetually broken. It never healed. He wore a body brace and he Mm -hmm. was hunched over and like in pain. like excruciating pain all day long, but you would never know it because he was so fulfilled in doing and being Jesus to these people who had never experienced Jesus before. Like that was his purpose and fulfillment. So I, you can't just blanket statements like, Hey, this is what your purpose is. You know, your purpose really is person specific. God created and designed something for every person on this planet to do and to achieve that only that person can. (laughs) There's a set of people in your life that only you can be Jesus to. I can't do it. I I don't have the relationship. I don't have the ability. In the same way, there's people in my life that if I'm not fulfilling what God's asked me to do, those people are missing out on God moments, you know, because that's my purpose. Because really what you're per- you, to find fulfillment, you first have to understand who fulfills you. And if you don't know who fulfills you, you're never going to find fulfillment in anything. Mm-hmm. So you so, got a first. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was going to say. So ultimately, I mean, like you always see people who, like, I know people who are, you know, fairly well off. They're fairly wealthy. They have, you know, all this stuff. Um, they appear to be. Dang, dude, seriously. Oh, dude, it's all good. We're gonna keep this going, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So we just got the 10 minute warning. So we're gonna have to take a break here shortly. But um, I know you've seen I've seen people and I'm sure you've seen them too, where they like they think that, you know, they they look like they got everything together. They're fairly wealthy. Now, obviously, now I know not just because of this, but just because of life in general mm-hmm. and my experiences that no matter what you have, no matter who you're married to, no matter all this stuff, like the fulfillment of your life is dependent on like a higher, there's a higher thing. Uh Like, um, like for me, like for my, for me, like, yeah, my job is like, it's whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not doing my dream job. I tried it. I didn't, I didn't get it. And it is what it is. Like, I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it wasn't supposed to be. Right. Yep. It wasn't, it wasn't part of the plan. So <clears throat> that's kind of like where I'm at with myself. And my main goal is to like, be the best dad, be the best husband that yep. I can be understanding that I wanted to do this specific career path. Mm-hmm. And 
it didn't work out and it wasn't supposed to be. And like, I think people get tied up a lot into my career is my life. Yep. Like a hundred percent, your job, whatever pays you doesn't necessarily have to be like the best thing in your life. Yep. Like your, yep. your, your entire goal in your life since you're a child shouldn't be, I'm going to do this job and this job is going to be my purpose in life. Yep. Maybe, right. It may be, you may be, you may be become a doctor and you may be overseas doing God's work, right. Quote unquote yep. God's work in Africa and helping alleviate, you know, malaria in a town or whatever, whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. But I think people get hung up on that a lot. Like, Hey man, yeah, yep. your job may not be super awesome, but it pays the bills. Yep. Puts food on the table and it allows you to provide for your family. Yep. And I think if people just kind of understood that and stopped focusing on their career as like their life's intent, and used it as like a stepping stone to my job pays me okay right i'm not hurting my children want for not i don't have to worry about bills i can buy stuff here and there that i may you know want to go do like a camping trip or whatever i can buy new gear whatever it yep. is this job can help with that stuff but this job is not my sole purpose here because I think yep. a lot of people get tied up into that so much that if like they decide they, they end up not liking their job or it's like boring or whatever it is, they're like, Oh man, my life is so miserable because my yep. job is not the ideal job that I have always wanted or yep. what they thought that they were intended to do. And what I, I, a buddy of mine and um, that I used to work with, he, uh, he lives in Houston now. And he always said this thing that I always like kind of, like adopted, I guess, ever since he said it the first time. And he says, I work to live. I don't live to work. Yep. And, and it's just like, if you think about it, it's a really good way to kind of look at life and as a whole. Yep. Um, because he essentially understands that like, yeah, the job is not like it's whatever. Yeah. But it helps me provide for my family. It helps me be able to yep. like, do these things for my family and for other people as well. You know what I mean? Cause I know that there are certain people that they don't get to do certain things because they don't have the ability to do that. And if yep. I can help with that, then, you know, that a little bit of fulfillment yep. um, can help me feel a little bit better in my job. That's kind of poopy. My wife coming in clutch. Hey, Amanda. <laughs> he says, what up, Amanda? Um, I think that's a hundred percent correct, dude. I, I work to live and I don't live to work. Like how many times have you sat around a table with a bunch of strangers? And the first topic of conversation is, Oh, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, I breathe oxygen and I serve Jesus, bro. Like it's the most important things in my life. I love my wife. I get to love Jesus and I raise my kids. Like yeah. we, even that narrative right there, it's like this whole consumerism thing that's been pushed down our throat from like the time you can breathe. Yeah. And I feel like you're right on the money with that, dude. Like I, I work so that I can live, but also I pray that God, okay, increase here so I can be a blessing to someone 
you know, I, I don't want to be wealthy. I want to have enough money to be an oracle for blessing whenever God says to give whatever God asked me to do. Um, but when it comes down to it, if your focus is on the thing, if you're asking a position at work or a promotion or your career to fulfill you, you're basically position that as an idol. The mm-hmm. only thing that's going to offer fulfillment is going to be a true relationship and encounter with Jesus, period. You can't be, you, your, your things that you, you know, you're pursuing after and you're chasing after will only offer a temporary fulfillment until you realize you're not the smartest dude in the room. Someone bigger and better, faster, smarter, wiser can manage better than you comes along. And all of a sudden that's a threat. And guess what? They take the promotion over you. Mm-hmm. There's all, I mean, it's just like in jujitsu. You're not the biggest, toughest dude in the room. Someone is going to be smarter, more technical, sometimes faster, but, but you could be sometimes. the biggest dude. In the, you could be the biggest dude on the map, but someone's going to beat you in technicality. It's it, you're not always going to be you're always the hammer. Sometimes you get, you're the nail. It's just the law of life. There's someone that's going to come along. There's something that's going to come along. That's going to undermine this, this glass house you've created. Mm-hmm. And it's going to throw a stone through it. And when people I see all the time have built their whole career, their whole, their whole life around what they do. Like for instance, a buddy of mine um, was a career police officer. He got injured on the job like never to go back to be a police officer again. His whole identity was wrapped up in being, was, was patrolling the street was, was pursuing detective. Like you not that dream's gone. These like, uh, like Shannon with survivors of war, his whole goal was to be career Marine until he is either dead or he, he retired 25 years, hit an IED that ended his military career. He didn't know who he was outside of the Marine Corps. You know, maybe it's a Marine thing. The Marines kind (laughs) of a little brainwashed, but yeah, you know, they, they (laughs) like the crayons. (laughs) Um, But it's like, if you're asking something to fulfill Mm -hmm. you and not the person Jesus to fulfill you, you're going to be empty. You're only out of the end of it. You could get the dream job and it's going to run its course. And then when something happens and undermines that, you're left scratching your head like, well, where's my purpose? My plan is gone. Everything that I invested in is gone. And that's those moments where people really struggle. And it comes down to understanding that your job was given to you. The money that you you work and you and you do was given first by the, the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's all God's provision. How do we steward his money? Um, Dude, I just realized something. Yep. So your job, so it's kind of stupid, but I just like no, noticed it. So your job, right? J O B and Job. Yep. Spell this. So I just started the book of Job. And if you think about Job, I'm not too far into it, but so far, and from what I know about the story, is that like his life is misery. Like the entire time is misery and he's just getting like, boom, boom, like all this stuff compounded onto him. And he never once lost his faith. He never once blamed God for anything negative or anything like that, even though the entire time he's just getting hammered and hammered and hammered with all these negative things. And um, I think like in the first, one of the first verses or whatever, 
the devil is like talking to God and he's like, yep. Hey dude, I'm going to like do all the, he's like, do whatever you want. Just don't kill him. And he's, yep. and he never like blames God and he never, dude, there's like so kinda... much to say on that. So let's take this break real yeah, quick. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. That's crazy, boy. dude. Oh dude, snap. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Okay. Love you. Bye. <laughs> love you. Bye. in progress recording in progress all right yo so we're kicking it off so yeah um so basically that's kind of where i i just kind of noticed that with the job thing um seems kind of interesting um but you were gonna you were gonna add on to that yeah dude so a buddy of mine were just having a conversation at work um about job and it was pretty interesting like the first verses or whatever say, you know, it's basically is Satan a- asking God, like, you know, to like to see if Job is going to curse you. And mm-hmm. basically, you know, like you're saying, God gives him the green light. Just don't kill him. And prior to that, dude, Job had was extremely wealthy. Like he was very, 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 very wealthy. And he had his wife, his kids, all the things by the world standards were were just off like next level that he had like god had blessed him with all these different things and you know basically he starts accusing god like job job is only you know blessing you because he's got all these things you've given him wealth you've given him you know cattle you've given him your wife his his children all these different things and god says okay well just don't kill him you can you can sift him as wheat just don't kill him right um which implies that Satan was already trying to kill Job and take those things. And he finally got like sick of it. You know, God asked Satan, you know, like, you know, where have you been? You know, walking to and fro. Like he was already trying to go after God's people, but wasn't able to. So God gave him the, you know, the permission to take these things systematically away from Job. And um, it's fascinating. Even at one point, his wife goes, just curse God and die already. Like mm-hmm. you know, his wife is telling him like to curse God and die and all these things. Like she dies, his kids die. Every, I mean, he gets these crazy boils all over his body. He mm-hmm. never once curses God, never once loses faith in God's goodness, even though everything is being systematically taken away from him by, by the enemy. Right. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, was, it's been a pretty profound book in, in revelation that, when your focus is on the character of God, because the cause scripture says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. If his character in the Bible, you know, it, it that's not just his character for 2000 years ago or more. God's character never changes. And if your understanding of God's character and his love and mercy and grace towards us, you'll know even when things do seem to be falling apart, but you still have breath in your lungs. There's something to be grateful for. There's something to bless God for. Um, so many times we're, we're holding on so tightly to these things that they, 
without us knowing become an idol. We start yeah. idolizing our job. We start idolizing money. We start idolizing knowledge. We start idolizing these things that we don't even know we're idolizing. And when these things start falling away, when your, your focus is back on God and his goodness and his grace towards us, you can, is, as long as there's breath in your lungs and you can still, you're still on this side of the ground, like you have something to be grateful for. You can be fulfilled in the person of Jesus. You don't need these things like Job. He didn't find his fulfillment in a million head of cattle and all this money and material wealth and things and family and all this stuff. I tell Amanda all the time, if God takes it all away and I have you and the kids and we're living in a truck or a van somewhere, I have everything because everything in this world is all material. You cannot strip God's blessing away from me. You cannot strip what God's spoken into my life away, though there's no monetary value in that. That's storing things up in the heavenly place where moth and rust don't destroy. When we start putting so much effort into procuring things and find, finding fulfillment in the world and in monetary things and, and whatever, big houses, big cars, whatever, big bank accounts, you start to lose sight of the little things. And it's the million little things that add up to great blessings, right? It's like when you start putting things back into perspective, you start to see the hand of God through it all. And what God's done in you and what you've allowed God to work through you into other people are the things and the relationships you build here on earth are what's going to transcend the line of eternity. Those are the things you're going to take with you is what God's done inside you, what you've allowed him to do through you and the relationships that you've built here on earth or what's going to, you are going to take with you into heaven. Mm -hmm. Right? So Job never once cursed God, even though he had every, by the stretch of imagination on the world side to curse God, you know, God yeah. gave you all these things. Never once he's like, yeah, I can't like, God is still God and he, I'll bless God all the time. And, um, that really challenges me. The book of Job challenges me to keep the, the main thing, the main thing. When I start getting so focused on other things is when those insignificant things seem huge, you know, like going out for career choices that didn't pan out or whatever, like God works all things for good who, who love him or are called according to his purpose. A buddy of mine in San Diego is going through the hardest time of his life. And Colin, if you're listening to this, guess what? God's blessing and God's favor is still on your life. Those things cannot be stripped away by worldly things. And he's in the fight of his life for, for uh, you know, parenting rights for his son and all these different things. And we really, over the over the last uh, this last weekend, got to really war spiritually for him and his family and and to be peace in the in the in the in the face of adversity and really knowing god will use all things for good and whatever this the darkness that people are walking through that feel like the valley of shadow of death will just is just never ending god is going to use those things for the greatest testimonies i'm stealing amanda's uh, little terminology and phrase here he's going to take your biggest mess and make it your message that's God's character. 
you know, you keep persevering, you keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep moving forward and you keep exploring who Jesus is, you are going to find fulfillment. You're going to find purpose. You're going to find passion because that, that thing is inside you. God's put it inside of everybody, your skill sets, your knowledge, your passions, your individually specific, and God's going to use those things for his kingdom. If you allow him to, you know, it's, it's not that like, God doesn't, you know, call the most qualified. He he'll call, he'll qualify those who he calls, you know, do you know who Mordecai Ham is? No. You ever heard that name before? He's the dude that led Billy Graham to the Lord. Billy Graham wasn't even supposed to be in the back of his church service. The Holy Spirit apprehended Billy Graham in the back of Mordecai Ham, who was preaching the word, which God used to apprehend the heart of Billy Graham. And he led millions of people to Christ. So the funny thing is, is that you just said, what did you say um, about qualify, God qualifying? What did you just say? Yeah, God doesn't qualify the mo- doesn't call the most qualified. He qualifies the called. So um, Granger Smith's book just came out today, mm-hmm. um, and I was listening to it, and he legit said that same thing in his book yep. because he was asked to speak at a church, and the name of the church was like Granger something or another. Mm-hmm. And it was on the anniversary of his son's death. Wow. And yeah, he basically said that he's, he said, I'm not qualified to speak in front of a church. And then I was like, well, well, you know, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yep. So it's kind of crazy that you said that. Yep. And I just heard it like for the first time. That's awesome. Ago. That's awesome. So, yeah. It's, it's weird. So, Dude. So I feel like in order to understand true fulfillment in life, you first have to get to know the person of Jesus. And when you encounter Jesus and that relationship that's birthed out of submission and surrender to him and complete soul being completely sold out to him, you'll begin to unlock the doors to purpose and to fulfillment, you know, to understand there's nothing here on earth that will give me any sort of love like Christ gives me. There's nothing that can touch that. And until you understand the one who, who uh, you know, has authored on like, on like no contingent love, unconditional love that they would lay, he would lay down his own life for me that right there, knowing he stepped out of heaven into our timeline with the purpose of restoring us back to the God who created us. That right there is immediately, I know where I'm going. I know whose I am. And I know that my plan and my life can be used for his glory. That right there is ultimate fulfillment. And until you apprehend, until your heart is apprehended by the presence of the living God and his mercy and grace, and you're looking for fulfillment in the world, you're never going to find it. You're going to find temporary glimpses um, false, false fulfillment. Cause it's only going to last a season. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding until you're fulfilled in Christ, then you can become the best father, the best, you know, husband, the best employee, the best manager, whatever your best is you as men, we step into the role of father and husband, the way God calls us to, to lead our home 
to leave a legacy in our family and our children. That right there all comes from finding whose you are. Knowing your identity in Christ is how you know that there's fulfillment in you. Because if you're just this puzzle piece floating around arbitrarily, you got to know where you fit into this puzzle in order to know what you're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. You got to understand whose you are before you can understand who you are. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 And like, so, um, just another thing on top of all that, as far as like the fulfillment, financial Mm -hmm. mumbo jumbo, um, like your kids are not going to say, you know, when you pass or whenever, they're not going to say like, man, I wish my, I wish my dad made more money. Yep. I wish I wish he worked more and made more money so that yep. he could buy me more stuff. Like, they're not going to say that. Nope. They're going to want to have like more memories. They're going to want to have more, you know, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Or time. So, yeah. So and that's and that's a thing um, that I think I think it's it's a good point to discuss um, because <clears throat> back to the job thing. Yep. If you think about, like, I was just kind of, I was trying to figure out who wrote the book of Job and it, it doesn't really say, I think it says that Moses may have done it, but you know, whatever. Um, but, um, it says like the purpose of the Job of the Job, the purpose of the of Job, the Job. <laughs> um, it says, however, um, Many suggest that the purpose of the book of Job, however, the overriding intention seems to be to demonstrate to man the inadequacy of the human reason to account for suffering of the innocent. So, um, like that kind of just what we were talking about earlier, as far as like Job being your job, if you tie that in together, like you don't necessarily... I don't know. Like to me, it's like it, it, that reads that, okay, like my job could be so miserable. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, obviously like we're in a world now where if your job is just ruining your life, then you can find another job. Yeah. It could be a, a, you know, it could be a job that doesn't pay as much or it could be whatever. Like you have to work more hours or something. Yeah, there's options available. Understanding that your career is not the end-all be-all. And it doesn't necessarily dictate how happy you can be in your life. Um, One of the, a guy that I was in the army with, um, he, uh, he was one of the first dudes that I met when I got out of base training and went to Germany. Um, he actually died on our first deployment. Well, um, which was kind of ironic, but, uh, he would always say, um, he would always be in the mentality like, man, he's like, they could work us to nine o'clock at night. I don't care. He's like, as long as I don't got to work the weekend, you know, he like, my job could suck Monday through Friday, but I don't have to work on the weekends. So, you know, I don't care. And like that whole time, I'm thinking like, dude, forget that. Like that sounds miserable. Yeah. 
but that's how it is like now that I think about it. Like even like, you know, except, except for, you know, people who are like first responders and stuff, right. Yeah. A firefighter, like their job can be pretty miserable, especially like in Phoenix, for example, where there's yeah. drownings every other day in the summer. Um, uh, Aaron's cousin actually is a firefighter in North Phoenix and he had to take a time away yep. from the job because he just was experiencing too many drownings too and much. It took a toll. So aside from that law enforcement, the same thing aside from seeing really bad stuff consistently over and over again. Um, that's why there's a high attrition rate for a lot of those career fields because there's yep. just, you know, not everyone's is made for it. Same thing with the military, right? Um, there's a lot of people who, aren't made to be away from their families all the time. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's the reason why I, we didn't ha start having kids until I got out because I didn't want to have to focus on the kid and the wife. Yep. yep. It's just in my mind, it's more dangerous because you're focusing on them when you're supposed to be and focusing not... on what's in front of you and what's on the sides of you. And you know, one yeah. small second of, taking your focus away from the mission, you could die, you know? Yep. <clears throat> so that's where I'm at with that. But if you're, if you're at a, at a point where you just like, aren't sure if your job is like where you're supposed to be, quote unquote, it's like, dude, just, just do it. And then when you're done for the day, completely cut off. Yep. Don't think about it. Do something else, get into a hobby or get into, um, whatever it is, make plans on a consistent basis to do something that will alleviate the whatever, if it, you know, if your job's causing you stress, but mm -hmm. do something that alleviates that stress on your time off. There's no reason yep. for you. Like the way that you have to think about it is that your job shouldn't be like your focus because if you, die tomorrow they're going to hire somebody else yep and it's not going to take long maybe a week or two or maybe a month but you know what i mean so that that's the kind of con that's the concept that people don't i don't think understand or realize is that you're just a number yep to these corp to these companies that we're working for yeah and for me especially like yeah i deal with crap all the time um idiots and people who like are trying to like argue and whatever whatever it is and it's like yeah i may be like upset or not necessarily upset but i'll bring it up to aaron and i'll be like hey this dude was like blah, 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 you should have know this and i'm like uh, uh, you know, uh. yeah or whatever yeah and then that's it yep. like you know we'll come we'll talk about work for a little bit and then that's, that's it. it like it's not if it gets to a point where you're like asleep and you're thinking about it and you're thinking about it, something needs to change. Like you're focusing too much on it or you need more things in your life to detract from your work because yeah. your work is just your job. It's yeah. not. And I think a lot of people get really tied up into that, um, whether it be concern of getting fired or whatever it is like there's jobs all over the place from sun up to sundown, you're going to find something. It may not be, you know, the most fun, but if your concern is money, you're always going to be able to find something. 
Yep. There's no, the whole, like, not the job, there's not enough jobs out there. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But that's not a thing. But that's, it's fake news. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, so my thing, it's like, and it's, I'm, and it kind of sucks that it took me this long to kind of figure it out. But it's like, I was always like a proponent of like, oh, yeah, I need to make money because I need to buy more guns or buy ammo and yep. buy this and buy that. Where it's like, yeah, I mean, I can get that stuff. But my thing now is like to create memories for my son. Yep. You know, sometimes money helps with that. And um, there's a difference between like having like happiness Yep. And joy, right? Happiness yep. and joy are not the same thing. Nope. So there's a, th you know, a thing where the money can't buy happiness. Well, I mean, it can, it probably can if you have enough of it, but yep. joy may not be there and it will likely probably not be there. Yep. You know, you can have, oh yeah, man, this is awesome. Like, I, right, we can do whatever we want, but like, we're missing something. Something's missing. Yep. And, and the joy. Like, yep. Yeah. Go ahead. No, they're most like rich people in the world like is there joy these dudes right. have billions of dollars sitting in a bank account i mean look at like whatever i don't know i'm so bad on like pop culture or whatever but like supermodel wife millionaire husband mm -hmm. that look like on the outside match made in heaven divorce because husband sleeps around mm -hmm. there's the money won't fulfill you. The money doesn't give you joy. It's a seed to be able to do things, but joy is, is something that's greater than happiness. Joy is an attitude of the heart. Happiness is external stimuli, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I got these things and do these things. And there's one more thing that I, I gleaned from, from Job is faith in God and his character does not and is not contingent on any circumstance right period i'm not gonna just it's easy to praise god and to do what's right when things are great mm -hmm. it's difficult to not lose sight of god and his character when things are hard and job that's a perfect illustration yeah job lost everything in horrific extravagance like he lost it all unlike and like not i mean it was bad just read the book of job and you'll understand like he lost everything and to the nth degree but he never once lost faith in god because faith in god is not contingent on circumstances faith in god despite and in spite of circumstances is everything you know nehemiah talks about the joy of the lord is my strength joy comes from the lord and joy comes in knowing that God loves me, that there's grace for me, that today is a new day. Yesterday's mistakes are gone. Tomorrow may never come. This moment right here, mm -hmm. God is created and I'm going to love him for it. Doesn't That doesn't matter on, excuse me, how good things are, how bad things are. I have this much money. I don't have that much money. I have this thing. I don't have this thing. Like, joy. Joy in the Lord is contagious. Like I was talking about that guy that would come to the food pantry and pray for everyone, Jack Lavino. You would never know 
he was in perpetual pain every day of his life from the moment he woke up to the time that he went to bed. Never mm-hmm. once. The joy of the Lord that came out of him was contagious. You got around him and you just wanted to spend time talking and hearing his stories and listening to him pray. That dude has probably led more people to Jesus than any other person that I have ever personally physically met. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Yeah. His joy came from knowing whose he is, from his relationship with Jesus. That was it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. And my back's broken. All right. Praise God. Oh, yeah. I'm a little bit pain today. Praise God. Oh, I still have breath in my lungs. Praise God. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm sure that I'm, I'm almost positive that dude shrank in nature as the length of time I knew him. Just herniated disc. Yeah, his mm. fracturing spine is just like he's more than before. You know, when he died, he was like he was so like look back like the hunchback in Notre Dame, dude, like just mm-hmm. hunched over and, you know, looking up and um, the joy that was in him was contagious. And you couldn't be around him and not be grateful just because his relationship with Jesus. You know, it's not money. It's not job. It's not career. None of that is going to offer you joy. It might be able to make you buy more things, which could make you a little happier for a short term. Things dilapidate things new. Like right now, like I don't even know what iPhone I have 10, maybe 10 S or whatever. 10 X. We're like on iPhone 15. Yeah. And by the time you buy iPhone 15, they're going to release the 16. By the time you buy a computer, it's already obsolete. Mm-hmm. The world is progressing so quickly. If your joy or or happiness comes from monetary things, you're always going to be pursuing. Yeah. And when you start to understand my fulfillment comes from the joy of the Lord and nearest to him, everything else makes doesn't matter. You can take it all away. And I'll praise God because God has been the backbone through everything. His character is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to leave me nor forsake me. There's nothing on this world, principalities, demons, angels that are going to separate me from the love of Christ. I know where I'm going. I, I know my inheritance. I know the, the the heritage that I have now is in Christ. And aside from Christ, it means nothing. It's all going to burn. So in retrospect not not even retrospect retrospect Fact. fulfillment in whatever aspect of your life mm-hmm. will not happen unless you're what it's not going to happen unless you've encountered the person of Jesus you're like you could have a, a nonprofit that goes into third world countries that drills wells for them. You can be giving this new this community that's never had clean water before clean water. But what's it matter if that's clean water and you're not bringing living water? Mm-hmm. Water is gonna water will nourish the physical body. Living water is gonna nourish the spirit and the soul, right? So for me, I don't think true fulfillment in who you are as a person can happen until you encounter who Jesus is as a person. You can find momentary spots where you feel a little fulfilled, like that that itch is gone. But in the long run, it's not going to offer lasting fulfillment in any regard, whether you're husband, father, career, ministry, 
whatever. If you stray away from the person of Jesus, there's only momentary fulfillment. And you're not going to find true fulfillment until you know, deeply know and understand who Jesus is. It all comes back down to your personal relationship with Christ. That's it. And if you don't know Jesus yet, that's probably why you don't know you haven't found fulfillment. You can find momentary blips of what it means to be fulfilled, whether it's a promotion, car, fame, whatever, mm-hmm. but that's not going to, it's only going to feed your ego and Christ is going to humble you and tell you, this is who you are aside from him. And until you know your righteousness is a filthy rags, nothing that you have to offer is going to be long. I mean, nothing that you can even be as a husband, wife, father, whoever, none of that the weight of that changes when you start realizing my weight is a hus- a God-fearing husband, father, all of it. Like you can all, you can instill like life traits. You can teach your kids to love camping, to shoot guns, how to tie knots, how to start a fire, what all the things. But if the one thing you don't teach your kid is how to apologize to your wife, how mm-hmm. to love your wife, how to pray how to say you're sorry when you make mistakes, those things right there are going to teach your children and leave a lasting impression on them for e- for eternity. Man, I'm, like, I want my kids to look back and be like, my dad taught me how to pray. Mm-hmm. I saw my dad do, now I want to do it. Because he, like, be, being such an, ex- an example while people are learning about Jesus to be an example of a man that they don't mind following until they, until they get there, you know, to be that example for my kids. And that starts with none of that is going to matter until you know who possesses your heart. And Jesus is the, is the beginning to everything. He's the way, the truth and the life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think the biggest focus, um, if anyone could take from this, is to like stop thinking about materialistic things like stop focusing on stuff and stop focusing on money focus on people and focus on like i don't even know like what like not family people being a decent human like yeah holding the door open for someone like if you see someone that's struggling, give them give them food and water. When he says you do these things, you've done them to the least of these. You've done to me. Yeah. You know, stop focusing on the the things, because really, what matters is people. Really, what matters is your family. Really, what matters is your wife, your children. That's what matters. You know, like you said, no one says, "Oh man, I wish my dad would have worked more hours so we could buy a bigger bigger house." Yeah. The first thing that I thought when my dad passed away was, man, I wish I had more time, man. I wish I had one more conversation, man. I wish I had that. If that is what you're saying in the face of loss, that's what's important. Take the time to talk to your kids, take the time to talk to your wife, take the time to talk to your best friend, take the time to talk to the clerk at circle K. Yeah. Whatever. Being a, a, a person who's full of compassion and love and understanding that is what's going to, that that's lasting. Start focusing on those things and then all the rest of it will, will kind of fall into place. 
get yourself surrounded with people who are going to hold you accountable, who are going to love on you, who are going to, you know, be an example of what a man looks like until you encounter the person of Jesus, right? If you don't know Jesus yet, even if you do know Jesus, you need the people who, when you, when you're off your rocker, you need someone to put a boot in your butt and say, dude, you're off base. Yeah. On the other side, you get to encourage people. They encourage you. That relationship is everything. What you're pouring into people and what they're pouring into you is everything. So far focusing on those things, everything will be, will start to fall back into, into the right perspective and the right priority. So that makes sense. uh, Yeah. So as far as like, let's say, let's say we're having a discussion and you're telling me where the starting point would be. Yep. To, to like, you know, for fulfillment or to even start to get close to feeling fulfilled with my Mm -hmm. life, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, I, I mean, I personally think just kind of getting into having a relationship with God and Mm -hmm. like, I know one of the hard things to do because it's, you know, it's not like the most lively read is to like get into the Bible. Um, Like I'm going through like all old Testament stuff and well, not all, Old, mostly old testament and then acts um and if you're if you're like we talked about this before if you don't know where to start um start in what matthew start, that's where the birth yeah. of jesus is start in matthew yeah, so, john yeah start in john is is what i tell everyone start john start yeah. reading from from john and you get into matthew then you can start reading for practical wisdom and knowledge on how to interact with people the book of Proverbs, like Proverbs is the book of wisdom on how to interact and interface with human beings or mm-hmm. Psalms is how to worship. Start John, start reading the Psalms, start reading your, 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 uh, you know, Proverbs, all those kind of things. Um, but right here, Jeremiah 29, 11, most people will know it. If you've been around church at all, it says like, you know, for, I know the plans uh, that I have for you, I, for, for you Lord. declares the Lord plans yep. to prosper you and not to yeah, harm not you, plans to, to give yep. you hope in the future. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Add that up too. <laughs> he's got, he's got the plan, man. And starting, and what's amazing about the word of God, just taking some time to get to know it. The word is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and joy and morrow. The word is living. And every time you open the, the Bible, whether you're on the Bible app and you can read 900 translations on your phone, the word achieves what the word achieves. Nothing that you can no no interaction or interface with humans can have the profound impact as the living word of God. So I would tell people to start with the Bible, get into yep. his word, start in John, start reading Psalms and Proverbs, getting to know this person and then find a church, man. You know, not in the, to check off on Sunday, find a church that's going to hold that, that there's going to be, there's authentic relationship people you can do life with, get to know them. They know the name of your wife and your kids, whatever, like get to know people who are going to do life with you because it's in that small knit, that small group discipleship happens. Find a place where people that are, that are a little more down the road than you to walk with you. And until you get built up and you get to encounter Jesus, then you can find someone who's just starting and you get to be that person for those people. Yeah. Church, accountability I, group, a small group, life group, but most importantly, the word. And once you start to get to know what God speaks about you and thinks about you, then you got to you can start to understand 
that relationship with Christ. And that's where you'll find the fulfillment. Yeah. And then I, I just looked at uh, this Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Yep. So just kind of take that yep. into consideration because you're, you could be planning yep. on all these things in your life, yep. but if it's not God's plan, it ain't going to fly. Yep. And so, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out of your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Yep. He's the orchestrator of the path, man. And you got to get to know the one who's got the path before you so you can find the true fulfillment and purpose you were put on the planet to do. Yeah. Boom. Let's Boom. pray right quick. You praying or me praying? What are we doing? I could do it. I could do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Do it. Lord, thanks for this. Um, as always, we appreciate this opportunity to evangelize your word and yes, try to interpret you, it in a way that can kind of get to the minds of those who are listening. Um let our listeners think about fulfillment and what it really means and lead them to whatever path you feel is necessary for them. Uh, it is in your name, Lord, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. I got the way. Get it. All right. Love guys. Y'all. Like subscribe. God guns and family podcast at Instagram and reach out to us. Email God guns and family podcast at gmail.com. Boom. Boom. Loved. Shameless. All right, y'all. <laughs> Peace. Peace.